This edition of The Wellness Prescription is brought to you by Healthy Planet, helping the people of the world to live healthy lives. Welcome to The Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. I'm Dr. Claudia. Thank you all for joining me today. Well, we all have a story. I have a story, but my story has changed so many times over the last 20 years without me even trying. I often wonder what happens along the way to create shifts in my mindset that caused my life path to follow. I am so excited for today's show because we're going to learn how to choose your story to change your life. Joining me today is Kendra Hall. She is an author, keynote speaker, and a storytelling expert. Thank you so much for being here today. Dr. Claudia, I'm so thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. You know what? I thought we could start by sharing with listeners a little bit about yourself and how you became a storytelling expert. I heard that your story began when you were in the fifth grade. Can you tell us a little bit about that? It's true. I like to say that I'm one of those people who didn't find my career. My career found me and it followed me around for several years until I was old enough and ready uh, to fully pursue it. But it's true. I told my first story when I was 11. It was an assignment for fifth grade. And it was one of those moments where, as I was telling the story, it was for a room full of extremely distracted third graders. They were wild, um, wild children. And as soon as I started telling the story, it was if all eyes were on me. And I knew it wasn't me. I knew it was the story. And that was a, I was at a very transformational time in my life. Fifth grade is, you know, you're starting to go to the next level of schooling, identifying who you are separate from your parents. So to have that very vivid, powerful experience at that age um, greatly impacted me. And, And truthfully, I carried it with me. And since that time, I was either telling stories throughout the rest of my elementary high school education. Once I got to college, I started studying the power of stories. That continued through my master's research where I investigated the the power of stories to create and sustain organizational culture. And now really my role is to teach others Um, the power of those stories and why we should be telling them. And in this case, for our conversation today, why we really need to be paying attention to those stories. And, and, you know, I found that so fascinating. So why is storytelling so important? And so how does telling the correct story captivate audiences, influence your behavior? How does it, how does that all work? Yeah, so there is, there's a couple of different sides to storytelling, and really it goes all the way back. A human's, our ability to tell stories and our craving for stories, our need for stories, um, and our desire to tell them dates back to the beginning of humankind. This is long documented as one of those skills that allowed our species to thrive, not only our ability to deliver in compelling, memorable, influential ways with stories to from generation to generation, um, but also the development of our inner storyteller, how we collect and catalog the specific experiences of our life and use those stories to make sense of the world, influence our decisions, and 
influence our behaviors, which of course, over time, if you have stories influencing your behaviors, the actions you take, those actions yield results, results add up and, and you are where you stand today. So in your first book, Stories That Stick, you present storytelling as the underutilized talent that separates the good from the best in business. Now, I know this is, a, this is a health and wellness show, but I feel like everything is kind of interconnected. So how can we apply mm-hmm. storytelling to our personal lives so we see growth in all areas of our lives? Yeah, it, it really is. Um, no matter what area, and again, this goes back to the outward stories and the inward stories in health and wellness, depending on, you know, maybe you're guiding people through um, their health journey and and being able to communicate to them in a way that makes them feel inspired or motivated or believe in their self or really understand what is at stake if they don't take the actions that you're encouraging them to take or if they engage in dangerous behaviors. Those stories that we hear um, are extremely important in, in what we do next. And, and I think in that first book, what I really wanted to share with people in terms of their outward stories is that while we often think of storytelling as a talent, and it even said that there in the quote, story is a skill. It's something that all of us can practice and um, with consistent use can get better at and, and see um, the effectiveness um, in, in the work and in our lives. I mean, I don't know if anyone listening has teenagers, but trying to get through to a teenager, not easy to do, but stories can help make that possible. However, when it comes to the whole person, not just the the role that we have in our, our work or in our community, those inner stories um, are, are extremely, we don't, they've become automated. Let's just say that mm-hmm. these stories are happening all day, every day inside our brains and our, our bodies, our systems have automated this process such that we don't even consciously realize that there's a story there that's making us feel a certain way, that's making us think a certain thing about ourselves. But in my research and now the experiences and the and the responses I've heard, now that the book is out and people are applying the process and the methodology, they are shocked at the stories that their brain is hanging on to and playing back for them and how it's impacting their lives today. So, for example, there was one woman who um, was a, a track athlete in middle school, and she was really tall, and, and she wasn't very fast, but she, was re- she had great endurance. She was really good at the long run. So here she was. She was a sixth grader. She was on the elite track team, one of the youngest ones, and she remembers. She's an adult now. This mm-hmm. is 30 years ago. She remembers specifically these two eighth-grade girls coming up to her and saying, your legs are so long, you should be faster than that. Hmm. And and here's this grown woman now. The, what she wrote to me was, she said, I realize every time I run, which is not very often anymore, I almost never run, because in my mind, I'm saying to myself, I should be running this way. I should be a better runner. And she said, it wasn't until I realized 
until I read this book that I realized this old story has been influencing my thinking about my ability as a runner since I was 12 years old. Um, and, and so just the awareness that that story was there. And of course there were probably several others. She said, now, whenever I feel that coming up, I know it's old. I know it's outdated and I've started running again. Uh, but it's just, it's wild that these, stories that can can hold us back and knowing what can hold us back to intentionally choose stories that propel us forward that is also within our power. And that's great because you answered, that was my question. My question was for listeners, what is a story? Because a story to me, now that I'm, you know, an adult and I have children and, I, and I've and i grown up, I understand that a story can be so many things. But this woman's mm-hmm. story stuck with her for all those years. And who knows how many of us are holding on to those same similar stories. So how do we change that? How So we know where our limitations are possibly, or we're going to get there, how do we change that story? How do we divert those thoughts into something else that's going to change the story? Yes. So this is where, this is really the, and I'm I'm so glad that you you asked this, because this is actually kind of the crossover point of the two books. Because remember, humans are storytellers by nature. And what makes, in my first book, I outline what makes a compelling story. We need an identifiable character, a person that we can see and relate to. There are emotions in a story. There are specific details. And there's also a moment, a, a point in time, a place that we can really see vividly. So if you're working on developing a skill of storytelling for outward communication, whether that's sales or marketing or leadership, these are the components that your stories need to have. However, think back to the story I just told you about the story the woman told me. This moment with the eighth graders, even right there, there's one of the components. There was a moment. The identifiable characters, when you're thinking about the stories inside yourself, she remembers exactly what those two girls looked like. The specific details were all there. And of course, the emotions. So our brain naturally relies and includes these components, which is why these stories are so sticky for us. Now, here's where, here's where we can, we can impact um, the course of our lives. If we know now that it really is the stories that we're shaping, we can't change necessarily the stories that have happened to us. They are what they are. Now, sometimes we don't necessarily remember them clearly, or we remember them with a certain perspective, but now with an adult perspective, we can maybe see them a little bit differently. Um, However, what we can do is just as our brain catalogs and curates all of these stories that hold us back, it's also cataloging and curating stories that serve us, the positive stories, the moments where we excelled, the moments where we showed up, the moments where we stepped into our individual strengths and, you know, persevered. Now, again, going back to our biology, our brain is definitely more concerned about the negative stories because it wants to keep us safe. However, we are not, we don't have to be passive to all the whims of our, you know, ancient brains that we can choose to instead search for the positive stories. And that ultimately is where the change can happen. To look back 
but maybe that same experience and say, okay, fine, maybe I wasn't the fastest runner, but when was a time that the way I run is what made the team massively successful? Where was one of my greatest moments um, where I was uniquely me with my long endurance legs and was able to outstride everyone else on that field if we're going back to that that woman. The choice to choose the positive stories is there. And those stories are there. We just have to train ourselves to speak them out and retell them to ourselves. I like to share with listeners sometimes my own experience. And, you know, as a woman who's working and trying to, you know, continuing to build in her career, one of the stories that I kept telling myself was, I have to accomplish this by a certain age. I have to get this done by a certain age. Mm-hmm. And and you know what? I did the same thing. I have to have children before a certain age because we put limitations. And when I realized that it doesn't really matter when I accomplish all those things because those are my life goals and it doesn't matter what age I am when I have them or do them or choose not to do them because life is constantly changing. That's when everything fell into place. Does that make sense? Is mm-hmm. that essentially how it works? Yep, exactly. So so throughout that process, um, the four and in, in the book, Choose Your Story, Change Your Life, I outline a four-step methodology for uh, this self-storytelling process. And the first step is to catch those stories at work, um, which is what you did. You notice, and, and a lot of times they show up as a limiting belief. So you notice that you are having these should beliefs, like I should do this or I need to do that. Um, and that's a, that's a clear sign right there that there's probably stories at work there and an opportunity for you to choose better ones. The second step is to then analyze what those negative stories might be. Where did they come from? Are they even true? And I'm sure if you were to, you know, dig into your past, your your subconscious, there were probably stories that were handed down by family members about what success looks like. There were probably people who you looked up to or um, media that we follow that you thought, oh, okay, I need to do, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe there was a person that you said, wow, that's the career, that's the path that I want. And you backtracked it to exactly what their dates were, so adopted those as your own. The analyze process really is digging in deeper to see what stories are there so we can understand where they came from, whether or not they're true, and ultimately whether or not they serve us. Then the third step is to choose better stories. And so it sounds like that's exactly what you did when you went back and said, wait, I I accomplished this my way and felt success. And I accomplished this at this time. And it was still a a huge, a huge moment for me. As you start to collect those stories, those moments that weren't on your limiting timeline, it started to likely build a better belief within yourself of what that timeline should be. And then the fourth step is to, now it sounds like you're on the other side of this limiting belief, but if somebody's right in the middle of it, The fourth step is then to install those chosen stories. So if you're struggling with confidence, to install the stories of when you were great that make you feel confident from the inside out, to retell yourself those stories, whether it's every morning when you wake up, every night before you go to bed, to see them vividly, that's how lasting change can happen. 
I love that. And I'm so happy that I'm kind of on the other side of that thought process. When we, yep. come, when we come back, choose your story, change your life, rewrite the stories you tell yourself. Connect with us on Twitter at 1059 The Region or call 416 335 1059 or email info at 1059theregion.com. This is 1059 The Region. The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to The Wellness Prescription. Before the break, Kendra explained how we can avoid making the biggest storytelling mistakes. We discussed in brief detail her first book, Stories That Stick, but she also has a second book, Choose Your Story, Change Your Life, Rewrite the Stories You Tell Yourself. Kendra, why are the most important stories told the ones that we tell ourselves? These are the stories that either move us in a positive direction. They, these are the stories that move us in a direction that we don't want to go. And these are the stories that keep us stuck or just going in circles. If you have ever, if you have ever felt like there was something more or that you even believe that you have something within you. Maybe it's the next level at work or maybe it's an endeavor with love or, or maybe it is with your own health and well-being. And, and you've done all of the things. Maybe you've tried affirmations. You've talked to a coach, a life coach, you're a business coach. You've, you've read the productivity books, you all of the things, right? Um, and yet you still can't quite find your way to where you believe you can go, that is a good sign. That's a clear sign that it's actually, you don't have a confidence problem. You don't have a productivity problem or an experience problem or even a discipline problem. You have a story problem. And that's why these stories are so very important because left unattended, they can, they can hold us back and when we learn to optimize the stories we tell ourselves, that's where true progress. And and it isn't even necessarily, when I say progress, Dr. Fadi, it's not even like, oh, I've achieved this goal, I've achieved this goal, I've achieved this goal. The participants that we took through this methodology reported a higher satisfaction with life. They reported a reduced fear of failure. They reported higher optimism and reduced anxiety. Like sometimes just feeling better as a human is that forward motion that we're looking for. And the stories really are responsible for whether or not that happens. Right. And I love that. It's so true. Like just being on a different wavelength with your own thoughts, like understanding that, you know, it's not about, you know, a certain amount of money or where you are in your career or whatever. It's just about how you feel about yourself. And that creates mm-hmm. that nice ripple effect. That's, that's what I think anyways. And that's what I try to focus on. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So is it a question of negative self-talk versus positive daily affirmations? Or do you think it's much deeper and more involved than that? Here's where negative self-talk and positive affirmations fall short. It isn't wrong per se, but as you said, it is just, it's bigger than that. So 
if you think about it, remember, our brain is collecting, curating, categorizing the experiences in our life. And Dr. Claude, I don't know about you, but did you, um, do you have any memories from like fifth grade PE class? Did you have to do physical fitness testing or even first grade? Did you have to do like the physical fitness testing in, in PE Oh, gosh. If I tell you my PE experience, we had to climb the rope. You know the rope climb? I could yes, never I do it. The rope. <laughs> I could never do it. I was probably one of the only kids that couldn't do it, and I felt so inadequate. And to this day, I still cringe when I see a rope and you have to potentially climb it. And when I watch like all those reality shows where they have to do these obstacle courses, I think, yeah. oh, I could never do it. So, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Well, and what's so funny is even as you said that, I had forgotten about the rope climb. Mm -hmm. And and then as soon as you said it, and I'd be so interested to hear if your listeners are having that same experience, I was taken immediately back to my elementary gym. I can see it mm -hmm. so clearly. I remember exactly where the rope was hanging, right? Like I can smell the gym. I can see it all right there. And I just asked you a very simple question, kind of off the cuff about the physical fitness testing and you have a whole story about it. Mm -hmm. So with keeping that in mind, right? So if you think, so if we have all of these, and I could ask you a whole variety of questions of like the first home that you lived in or coaches or teachers that were great. And the ones that weren't like we have, all it is, is, um, all these stories are within us, whether or not you think you have a good memory, that doesn't matter. Our, our body stores them. And so these are the stories that we're, we're dealing with, that we're carrying around. And so addressing, it's so much more than just statements of negative self-talk of you have no upper body strength. You'll never be able to climb a rope, right? Like that is, mm -hmm. there is, there is a whole there's a whole memory. There's a whole story in there, which is why then if we just go back to, if we try to adjust, adjust, if we try to address that negative self-talk with positive affirmations, it falls short. So if one of the positive affirmations you say to yourself is, I am enough. I am, I, I have the experience I need. I am enough. And yet you have memories, like one of the women in the group had a very vivid memory of coming home from school and being so excited because on her math test, she only got one wrong. And when she got home and showed the test to her father, she remembers exactly where she was standing in the hallway, exactly where her father's chair was in the living room. She remembers him looking at the test and saying, why did you get one wrong? That is this vivid story that that lives in her heart in her in her psyche in her being and it's just one of a lifetime of them and that is a story that is telling her that she is not good enough and then you can take it one step further unless it's perfect right so this is these mm -hmm. stories become our conditioning mm -hmm. so if you just say i am enough unless you have the positive stories to back that up which you do but you never pay attention to those. The positive affirmation to address the self-talk is like lighting a match to melt an iceberg. It, 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 there's so much more there, which is why 
the only way to make progress then is to fight story with story. Well, Kendra, I have to say, I am healed. I actually feel like this segment has healed me of all of my past stories. And I'm going to take your advice and focus on those stories that made me feel like an elite elite athlete instead of the incapable rope climbing girl. (laughs) I can't thank you enough for joining me today. So if listeners want to learn more about you or if they want to order your two amazing books, how can they do that? Well, my books are available anywhere books are sold, of course, on Amazon. It's Stories That Stick is the first book about the outward stories in business. Choose Your Story, Change Your Life is about our inner stories. And you can also find me on Instagram. I am at Kendra Hall. That's K-I-N-D-R-A. And my website is KendraHall.com. Awesome. And you can always find me on Instagram at Claudia underscore Machiella or my website, ClaudiaMachiella.com. That's my show for this week. If you missed it, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and of course, Audible. I'm Dr. Claudia. Thank you all for listening. The Wellness Prescription was brought to you by Healthy Planet. Order online at HealthyPlanetCanada.com or go online to find a location nearest you.